The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home, for all of our free picks and podcasts. We are inching ever closer to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and that means more football to talk about. I'll be sad when the NFL ends. Uh, well, like I said, I think we have plans for when the USFL starts. So that'll be fantasy football that way. Uh, but again, season long fantasy still way over, but DFS is still going strong. And uh, I have brought in with me, Justin Stevens. He is one of the hosts of the toilets to title podcast. And uh, he's going to help us break down some great DFS plays for this weekend to help you win some money. Because what says, enjoying football more than winning more money. Right, Justin? Oh, absolutely. That's what it's all about at this point. We don't have our, uh, our typical traditional fantasy leagues going on anymore right now. So, uh, um, so, so you find, you, you find other avenues to, uh, to blow your money, right? <laughs> other avenues to blow your money is right. I know that so many prop bets are going on nowadays that I feel like DFS has gotten swallowed whole, uh, but it is still the way to get in and have some fun uh, over the course of the fantasy football season. So uh, once again, Justin, thanks for joining the show. And how did you do this season? I've been asking people, I want to know how'd you do in your season long fantasy this season? Well, actually, I was one of those guys in season long. I, it, I noticed that it was a trend. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but um, there were a very large amount of number one and number two seeded teams that got not only beaten, but blown out in that first round of the playoffs because of whether it be COVID or all the injuries or just the star players with the tough matchups in the wrong week. And of course, the week 14 bye week that, that threw a dagger into a lot of a lot of teams that didn't extend their season or that don't offer a first round playoff bye. Um, I was I was that team in a lot of teams. I'm not going to lie. Um, great, great regular season. Um, I put a lot of uh, I put a lot of stock into guys like Travis Etienne and J.K. Dobbins at the start of the season. So uh, a lot of early on uh, injuries. Um, um, Cam Akers, of course. Uh, so a lot of players like that that uh, that really. Um, that really hit me. I'm, I'm, but honestly, even though this was probably payout-wise one of my worst season, I, I, I was in 19 leagues where you actually set a lineup um, every week, and financially speaking, this was probably my worst season that I've ever experienced in fantasy football. But it was still probably the most enjoyable. Like to 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 have to put in that much work and that much effort week in and week out, and uh, and to try to try to pick up those waivers and, uh, and and look for that next guy up and and honestly in a lot of cases trying to plan ahead for who the next injury was going to be plan ahead for uh, um, trying to decide which quarterbacks were and were not uh, vaccinated just to just to plan for <laughs> um, plan for like uh, <clears throat> a close contact where they might miss a game at the last minute like the, it was insanely fun um, and uh, and I look to bounce back next season because I did drop a lot of my dynasty leagues um, at the end of the season here to uh, try to focus on my own education for one but also uh just to try to try to put more focus on our show um and uh and and pay more t attention to the few leagues that i'm keeping yeah it was nuts i mean i was a number one seed going into the the, the playoffs and then i got chased completely out of it that was just a bad week to go against jamar chase in that first week of the playoffs so 
yeah, I feel the pain of being the first seed and not making it anywhere. So, uh, all right. So we are here to help some folks win some money in the divisional rounds. Uh, so much fun was had last week in the in the actual round. We talked about it on Tuesday. Uh, just having a great time so far in the playoffs. I know it's profitable for a lot of folks, and we want to keep that rolling. So, um, Justin, we're going to load three minutes on the clock. Uh, we picked five players apiece uh, of who we're thinking about to help some folks win some money. Some of them are value. Some of them, you know, you're going to have to pay up for. But by and large, uh, we're, we're definitely on some of these guys. We're going to talk about them. So, uh, Justin, are you ready? We're going to put some time on the clock and get going. How, how's that sound? Yeah, let's do it. All right, beautiful. <laughs> Three minutes on the clock. We're going to start first with Matthew Stafford. Uh, man, he, he didn't need to do a whole lot against the Cardinals. The Cardinals seem to self-implode. Uh, but we're looking to him this week in a Bucks matchup that looks kind of tasty. But Justin, uh, why are we on Matthew Stafford this week for DFS purposes? Well, personally, I think this is going to be a really close game. I honestly think that this could turn out to be a defensive battle. So don't get me wrong here. I think um, uh, when I say this, I'm, I'm going to say this, but then I'm going to explain why. The uh, the uh, the Bucks they don't have a very good secondary when you look at the stats. If you if you're going to beat the Bucks, that's probably the area of uh, of their defense that you need to exploit is that secondary. But when you do that, it's dangerous because that front seven for the Bucks is 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 extremely uh, lethal. So um, they stop that run. They they are incredible at stopping the run. So. If they're going to stop the run, most teams have to throw the ball. Also, most teams traditionally are behind against the Bucks, so they're going to throw the ball more. So that's why the stats are skewed. But on the on the inverse side, even though I don't think that the Buccaneers' defense is necessarily as bad as they look on paper, um, as far as that secondary goes, I, still it's it's still going to be the same theme. There's a really good chance that they're going to stop that run. There's a really good chance that Stafford's going to have to throw that ball. They've got that incredible passing game. They've got um, OBJ is finally starting to come on uh, with the team. I mean, not finally. He's he's actually he came on pretty early on in his career with the Rams this season. But he's progressively getting better and better throughout the season. He's getting more opportunities and more looks. Cam Akers coming out of nowhere from this freaking Achilles tendon injury. How does this happen? This doesn't happen. But that's going to help open up that offense a little bit, even if they use Akers in the passing game. Uh, even if the Akers doesn't get uh, the run game going, he helps keep that defense honest. Stafford is also only 6,200 on DraftKings right now. So uh, so he is like uh, the sixth. Um, uh, you're going to pay the, the sixth highest amount of money for the eight quarterbacks going this weekend. Like So it's kind of a steal on that end as well. Um, a, a cool 1400 cheaper than Josh Allen. So obviously, if you set your lineup right and you can get a Josh Allen or a Pat Mahomes in there, then buy all for the big, the big money, the big uh, point payout. But you know, we're we're also looking for value. And, and the thing is, is that so when you do that too, and you could stack a Stafford and an OBJ and be much cheaper than a Diggs and an Allen stack. And probably fade the field because everybody's probably going to be on uh, Allen, especially this week, uh, in, in what is going to be a gigantic shootout. And look, you can't really take what uh, what Stafford did last week and predict it, it's going to be the same against Tampa this week. Because, again, Arizona shot themselves in the foot so many times over the course of this game that Stafford didn't even need to do a whole lot. And you said it yourself, and we'll talk about him a little later in the in the uh, show about Cam Akers coming out of nowhere. And then Sony Michelle ripped off that gigantic run first. So, again, I, I like the Stafford play. I'm a little scared because he did meet him in week three, didn't throw a touchdown, threw an interception. Uh, so, But again, this was early, early in the season. So you really can't take that as gospel because lately uh, Stafford and the Rams have definitely been on fire. Uh, all right, moving on to, again, we talked about Josh Allen being uh, heavily rostered in this uh, DFS weekend. But his running back, Devin Singletary, everybody thought Zach Moss was going to be the guy. And we talked a little bit about Singletary on Tuesday, but let's let's go further with Singletary because it feels to me like all of a sudden the Bills want to try to run the ball a little more without Josh Allen being the guy to do it. So um, talk a little bit about why you picked Devin Singletary, Justin. 
Yeah, so Kansas City's run defense hasn't been the greatest all season. They're kind of middle of the pack right now, but there have been times where they flat out have not been good. Um, and if you if you look at the game logs uh, for Devin Singletary in recent weeks, 16 attempts last week against New England, um, 19 attempts against the Jets, 23 against Atlanta. Um, you got to go all the way back to week 16 when he only had 12 attempts, uh, but uh, and that was at New England against a really tough New England run defense, then they kind of picked that back up, like I said last week. But uh, but he's just getting more and more intense. And this is kind of what – I'll be honest with you, I was really big on Zach Moss going into the season, and I was last season too. I just thought that Singletary wasn't that talented of a player. I, I was really big on Moss getting more and more carries, and I kept thinking if they would just stick with Moss, if they would just stick with Moss, they would have a consistent, steady running game. And anytime you have a, a running quarterback, or at least a quarterback that's able to run like Josh Allen, that only increases your ability to run the football with your running backs. So I've always wanted them to go down to that one running back. Well, they've done it. It just wasn't the running back that I thought it was going to be. And now it's Devin Singletary, and he's proving that with just that one running back that's going to consistently get the opportunity share, um, he's going to perform. I mean, he's uh, – let's see – two, four, five, six, I'm looking at seven touchdowns the last five games. Like not only is he, is he getting the opportunity, I made eight touchdowns because he has one receiving. Not only is he getting the opportunity, but he's, he's making the most of it too. So, um, but then you also kind of figure in the fact that, uh, that he's only 5,900 on, on DraftKings. Again, saving that extra money. You're not, um, you're not paying the big money for Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon. He's still a little high, but he's just right there. He's, he's just low enough, and the matchup's just good enough that I feel like a lot of people are going to pick Devin Singletary, which I know a lot of times we like to kind of stray away from that. But with running back, it's a little different. You might, you're, you're liable to get those guys that want to get tricky with it and, and, and go another avenue with, when it comes to running back. So, uh, um, so, so personally, I'm going after Singletary this week. Well, you figure Derrick Henry may come back. Right, I mean, this is. I, I think he is coming back. I think he's he was in practice. He looked good. So, I mean, and Derrick Henry is definitely the highest priced on this. A lot of people are going to be taking swings at Derrick Henry. What happens if Derrick Henry yeah. falters? Well, guess what? Devin Singletary probably will not, and will more than likely score a touchdown for you, which is kind of what you're looking for in the end, anyways. So, a good pivot off of what should be a, a heavy Derrick Henry roster ship is, I think, Devin Singletary. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I, I love it too, because Devin Singletary, again, an overlooked guy, his price is right, but I still feel like he's an overlooked guy. Um, so I think that was a good, a good call. Uh, let's hit back to running back though. Justin, you chose, uh, the Tennessee running back that is behind Henry, uh, Donta Foreman. Is this really just a hedge off of what happens if Henry comes back and is ineffective? Yes, absolutely. So uh, you and I were communicating before we saw the news on how good Derrick Henry is, <laughs> has been looking this week. So not going to lie, I wasn't expecting him back quite. I figured he might come back and play a little bit of a role this week. Um, so that's why I kind of threw in two tight ends at the end in case we wanted to uh, substitute Foreman for one of these tight ends in our flex. Um, but, uh, but I mean, we can talk about them or, or not. I, I can choose one tight end, what, however you want to play it. But obviously if, if Derrick Henry doesn't play, um, or if he doesn't play that much, Foreman is going to be a sneaky good pick. The problem is it's looking like Derrick Henry's going to play. And if he's going to play, then Foreman isn't going to get the opportunity share that I like for the amount of money it costs to, to play Foreman, which is at $5,400. So, so honestly, I think I'm probably going to avoid him. Honestly, the guy I'm probably going to lean towards is a guy that you chose anyway at running back. So I don't know that I want to necessarily jump right into another running back either. Well, let's just flesh out Dante Foreman because, again, there could be a situation in which Henry comes back and they lighten his load. Because, again, this is, a, this is one of those instances where Derrick Henry was injured and he's coming back off of a pretty serious injury. So are they going to light him up with a full workload right away? Or is Dante Foreman still going to get enough touches? I know 5,400 is a little pricey for a backup that may not see a lot of, of work. But what happens in the second half if they do end up getting up over the Bengals and uh, and they just sort of need to salt the game away and Dante Foreman comes in and picks up all that garbage time? 
Yeah, there is something to be said about that. Um, I, but I will say I'm, a, I'm an avid Colts fan, so I pay very close attention to the Titans, obviously. And, and the Titans, to me, are not a very good number one seed. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because they're they're rivals. Like I, I actually do have some level of 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 unbias in me. It's not a lot, but there's a little bit in there. So, uh, but uh, but when it comes to the Titans, I, like I view them, and I said this on my show the other night on Toyless and Titles, but I, I feel like the uh, the the Titans are kind of like Zeke Elliott this season. Zeke Elliott finished the season depending. At like a uh, a low end RB one, like around RB eight, RB ten, something like that. And everybody talked about how down he was or how he wasn't running like he used to. And but every single week he played, and every single week he did okay. And it averaged out at the end of the season. He was still a an RB one by the end of the season. I feel like the Titans are a product of a team that uh, that were able to take advantage of other teams that had down weeks and and, and kind of were up and down um, all season long. And the Titans were just kind of steady and consistent. They were great when Derrick Henry was there and healthy, though. That's the key. Without Derrick Henry, though, they they weren't a great team. They were just a consistent and solid team. And against a team like the Bengals that I feel like are getting progressively better and better week in and week out, I think they're going to have to bring their A game. So if he can play, I think he's going to play a lot. It's crazy to think that when you lose a guy that gets you 240-some-odd yards a game, you all of a sudden become human again. It's just yeah. a weird, yeah, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> that's, I, I love Derrick Henry, though. Great coaching, too. Yeah, absolutely great coaching. Vrabel is just on it, man. I, that that team, to me, I, I've always had a soft spot for Tennessee, and then people listen to the show know, because uh, I was uh, in Tennessee for a very long time and actually played at the very first game that they uh, they opened up the, or I was there at least, I played on their field. So I, I very much oh, enjoy nice. Tennessee. Um, nice. Yeah. So I don't know. I, to me, I, I think any anybody on that team has some value. And especially at 5,400, you could save some other spots as well. Uh, but again, buyer beware because Dante Foreman is, is maybe back to, or just a backup in this case. So, uh, all right. Let's move on to the other side of that ball in Cincinnati uh, where we talk about Tyler Boyd. And, you know, he's playing with a quarterback that is absolutely red hot right now. So almost feel like you have to grab any piece of that offense. Um, people are going to be on Jamar Chase like mad. So does Tyler Boyd have enough standalone value, Justin, to put him in your DFS lineups this week? Yeah, I think so. So he's he's only averaging, according to DraftKings and DraftKings scoring format, 11.7 points per game. But um, but on games where he's scoring a touchdown, obviously that number's a lot higher. Just like you said, I want any portion of that receiving game that I can get. I just noticed, like I set several lineups, several DFS lineups to get prepared for the like, – um, they get prepared for this show in particular. So I spent a little bit more than I usually do on DFS this week. So um, hopefully that pays off and I'll have you to thank for that. But, uh, um, but uh, obviously, so, so like every single, almost every lineup when it got down to the end and I got down to that flex position, it's like Tyler Boyd was there. And I'm thinking I, I wasn't able to afford T Higgins. I wasn't able to afford Jamar Chase. Um, I mean, I, I did afford T Higgins in a couple spots, Obviously, that's the the preferred route because he's only um, uh, he's only like nine hundred more than Boyd. But at the same time, nine hundred is a lot of money. So, um, so that tight end spot where I wanted to get a little extra, or that defensive spot where I wanted to get a little extra, I'm okay with taking a little dip this week and hoping that Boyd's the guy that scores the touchdowns because most people are going to go that other direction and go T Higgins or Jamar Chase. And when they do, you got Boyd. It's it's just it's just going against the grain. If you go against the grain and it works out for you, it's going to pay off. And you know, here's the thing about it too. Most DFS players don't just play one lineup. I mean, a lot of them throw out at least two or three or four different lineups to try to vary themselves from the field. And again, this is one of those zig where you zag. Obviously, uh, everybody's going to be on Jamar Chase. But if you have at least one or two lineups with a guy like Tyler Boyd in there, uh, and he pops and goes off instead of Jamar Chase, or even alongside of Jamar Chase, then at least you've got a lineup with Tyler Boyd in there. Um, again, we're not saying make just one lineup and use Tyler Boyd with it. These are a lot of these guys are ones where you're you're kind of taking a chance on a second and third lineup, uh, especially in a multi-entry uh, contest, just to try to differentiate yourself from the field. Um, Again, you're going to want to build a stud lineup, right? I mean, that's going to be a Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow lineup probably. Um, maybe even, I don't want to say Mahomes and Tyreek Hill because even lately those guys haven't been gelling. But, uh, you know, 
Tyler Boyd yeah. could help you out in this instance. Uh, and, and here, and what I'm looking at too out of this game, this isn't going to be a gigantic shootout, and I don't think that Burrow is going to throw for 400 and some odd yards. So I think Boyd gets a, a a little bit of a nod there because he's not that big, huge yardage guy. And even over the last few weeks, he's had double digit fantasy points in in what two out of the last three that he played. He didn't play in week 18, so um, you know he's at least gotten you a touchdown in three weeks in a row that he's played. So. Uh, I think the momentum is there for him. And uh, yeah, we'll just continue to see what Tyler Boyd does over the course of this playoff matchup. And again, sneaky good play, I think, for you uh, in your lineups. Uh, all right, Justin, we left this last one up uh, in the air because you were undec- undecided between a couple of different tight ends. So did you come down on the side of one of those tight ends? Um, yeah, I think, I think I did. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Gronkowski. I know you're paying a little bit more for Gronkowski, but you're also paying for, uh, the potential of, uh, um, high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one numbers at that, at that tight end position. And if you look at the wide receiver equivalent to that, you're looking at, um, OBJ, T Higgins, AJ Brown in that area. And I think that Gronkowski outscores any of those guys this week because, we're talking the playoff, guys. I just said I'm a Colts fan. You know I hate Tom Brady. You know I hate Gronkowski. I'm not a big fan of the Bucks right now, and I hate that they're being so successful. But if it's my money, all that goes out the window, right? It's all about who's going to score me points, who's going to score me touchdowns. It's Tom Brady. It's Rob Gronkowski. They're going to score touchdowns. Look at last week. It's Rob freaking Gronkowski, and he's wide open. They're at the 10-yard line. Everybody in the stadium knows they're going to target Rob Gronkowski if they throw the ball. It's open. Like, how the hell does that even happen? So, wide open Gronkowski in the end zone, playoffs. I, I can't I can't just not start. I mean, and the guy I was debating with was Dawson Knox. Hot hand, playing really well. It's hard to go against Dawson Knox, but um, I'm going to choose Gronkowski. And so Gronk against the Rams earlier this season, four catches, 55 yards, didn't get in the end zone. Uh, but, you know, again, this wasn't necessarily Gronkowski getting in the end zone early in the season. It kind of came on a little bit later uh, in the year. And and this is playoff Gronkowski, right? I mean, we're not talking about regular season Gronkowski, right? We're talking about playoff Gronkowski. And we know that in the postseason, uh, Tom Brady loves him. Some Rob Gronkowski. So I don't hate this play. And I love, actually, that you did kind of contrast him to some of those wide receiver two, wide receiver threes that are more pricey than a Rob Gronkowski. Because even still, you can throw in Dawson Knox, uh, who is actually, what is it, 4,900, and then put Gronk in the flex. I mean, this is an instance where you can flex uh, uh, Gronkowski and I think feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't. I don't typically spend up for a tight end. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, if I if I'm playing DFS, I'm not traditionally going to go out there and try to get the second highest uh, salary for tight end. Um, but like I said, if I just look at it that way, and um, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna flex one of those deep wide receiver th- uh, three or fours, um, or uh, or like you said, flex Gronkowski instead of one of those deeper wide receivers. Like, uh, it, it just makes a lot of sense. I feel I feel even more comfortable putting Gronkowski over a guy like Gabriel Davis or somebody like that uh, as well because again the upside of a touchdown you always know is there with Gronk especially in the postseason so yeah I definitely don't hate yeah. that play um, all right we are five in we're gonna come back after the break and hit our next five uh, trying to help you win some money here this weekend uh, in your DFS lineups. So stick around and we'll be right back. I know that you are always ready to win money and boost your odds. Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. As always, you get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. So get in now on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and so much more. And WinBet has some brand new bonuses. If you bet $5, you can win $400 in free bets. Be sure to check out all of WinBet's Build Your Own Bet boosted same game parlays headed into the NFL Divisional Round weekend. Most boosts fall between 10 and 15% of the original price. I tell you, I did one the other day. It was fantastic when the Rams were playing the Cardinals. I had the Rams up minus eight going into the half and a 14 and a half uh, combined point total for the Rams. 
That one hit at plus 254. It was a fantastic hit, uh, and you should get in there too. Get in on all the promos, odds, payouts. It's happening right now at WinBet from booster parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. They have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today. You're going to get a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. So bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and prop swappers are cashing in, like Will from Arizona. On Sunday night, Will sold his $50 100-149er Super Bowl ticket for $500 on PropSwap. Will locked in his profit when he turned his $50 bet into $500. The buyer got great odds, and the seller made 10 times his bet. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry! Download the free PropSwap app today. It's got fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash and a first deposit cash match. If you use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, PropSwap's going to match that deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap where America buys and sells sports bets. Back with more here on the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Rod Gomez, Justin Stevens, breaking down some DFS action for you for this weekend's NFL Divisional Round Playoff matchups. Five down, five to go. These are the five that I decided to pick because, uh, you know, I, I love me some DFS and I love me some value. And I start Justin with a guy that's only priced $4,400, yet over the last, what, five weeks, he has one, two, three, four, five touchdowns. So you tell me how it is that Alan Lazard is $4,400, but has that many touchdowns. That's so disrespectful. (laughs) I'm telling you right now. I mean, traditionally speaking, I, I feel like DraftKings is usually a week behind maybe two weeks behind sometimes, but yeah, they're, they're, they're way behind the eight ball right now. And, and I think a lot of it is that they're looking at the overall season long, how Lazard has done. He has had a lot of, uh, a lot of bad spots, but they're playing San Francisco, San Francisco. So, um, especially without uh, Bosa, without some some other injury, injured players. We don't know for sure if Bosa's playing or not. I think he's still questionable. Um, but uh, but if, if those players are not able to come back from that that Monday night game and, and – uh, or no, wait, they played Sunday. But if they're not able to come back from that, that game and play this weekend, then that defense is going to be very susceptible. And Aaron Rodgers can find the weakness. And, and Lazard is, is a matchup, uh, kind of a, a matchup – uh, Konami code for uh, for Rodgers sometimes with having Devontae Adams on the other side. Uh, Lazard gets overlooked a lot. So uh, I love this play. Absolutely love this play. I have him in a lot of my lineups. And it's crazy because over the last, what I said, five weeks since week 14, he had six catches against Chicago, uh, two catches, but a touch or not a touchdown in that one. He had two catches against Baltimore. That was his lowest game. Two catches against Cleveland, but that one he had a touchdown. Six catches against Minnesota, five catches against Detroit, two touchdowns in that game. So you're right. I mean, again, everybody's keyed off on Devontae Adams and rightfully so. Uh, but the running game with Jones and uh, Dylan is okay. But it seems like Lazard has just been that guy over the last few weeks that that uh, Rodgers has leaned on to actually get them to victory. So for me, Lazard is is such a sneaky play, especially in a GPP, where if he does pop for a touchdown against the Niners, and let's face it, you're right, Fred Warner may be out uh, and, and Bosa may be out. I mean, both of them look like they're probably going to play and maybe as a Niner fan, I'm, I'm sort of hoping they do. Uh, but, you know, again, even if they don't, um, that middle of the field, especially with, with Warner gone, that's where Lazard can do some damage too, right? He's good in those crossing routes. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm scared of Lazard. I'm scared of the Packers. Um, but for DFS purposes, if you want to roll him out um, and he gets in the end zone, I'll hate you, but I'll understand it. Yeah, and, and there's something to be said about Aaron Rodgers 
um, going out a little too early in the playoffs in recent seasons. So he may want to come out and uh, and throw out a statement here. So uh, if he has the ability to, if they're able to to run away with it, I don't see I don't see them pulling the throttle back. I think they want to try to make a statement if they can. I'm not I'm not saying that that's necessarily absolutely going to happen against the 49ers. Um, but uh, but if they can, then you have even more of an ability to uh, to gain some extra fantasy points at the end of the game. I don't know when the Aaron Rodgers revenge uh, plot plays out it, over the course of his career. Obviously, you know, didn't get drafted by the Niners. Always wants to stick it to him every time he, he plays him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can see that. I can see Aaron Rodgers still going out with a chip on his shoulder. Hate it. Yeah, but I can I, see. I, it. I mean, I, I was I was really kind of upset that they they drafted Trey Lance, and I know we're going off on a tangent here, but I was really kind of hoping that uh, this next offseason was going to be the season that uh, Rodgers finally got to go to San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I was preaching it too, man. I was sure hoping for it. I mean, I'll take Aaron Rodgers in the back half of his career. Give me a give me a, a Super Bowl before it's all said and done. Uh, there you go. All right. So, oh, I jumped way ahead, didn't I? I went Alan Lazard right before anything. All right, I'm going to head back. I have Jarek McKinnon as one of the guys that uh, that I picked. And, and look, this all hinges on a couple of things. CEH is scheduled to come back, right? So everybody's expecting CEH to come back. But we just talked about earlier if he comes back and is not effective. And here's the thing. We, we talked about with Derrick Henry coming back and not being effective. But this is the same for CEH. Jarek McKinnon last week busted on the scene out of almost absolutely nowhere, but really not because we've seen McKinnon do this before, right? I mean, it's a matter of we we know McKinnon is a talented back. I just don't know if he, he was getting what he needed to. Uh, so he carried the ball 12 times, 61 yards, six catches, 81 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, just absolutely demolished him. This to me seems like a case where even if CEH does come back, did McKinnon do enough to warrant another play, and can he be this effective against the Bills? That that's my question. Yeah, I think it really just depends on who you're talking to. If you talk to most fans that are watching the football games, you kind of realize it. And I've been saying it all season: Ceh is nothing special. Jarek McKinnon has shown, in my mind, along with uh, um, uh, now my 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 mind is spacing it. The uh, Darrell Williams, the back, Darrell, Darrell, yeah, Darrell Williams. Um, both of them have shown enough when they're in there that they're more effective and more efficient than CEH. CEH is nothing special. Like his absolute best games this season came in games that he should do well. Um, And and honestly, I I feel very underwhelmed when I watch CEH play, and I felt a little bit of excitement when I watched uh, Jarek McKinnon play. Unfortunately, we're not the ones calling the shots. That's that's uh, good old Andy Reid calling the shots there and his coaching staff. So I just don't know. Like, but this is one of those cheap at forty eight hundred dollars. It, it's it's worth it to take that chance. And and even if Ceh plays, if he comes out and he's as ineffective as he usually is, and you get that flash in the pan with that little two yard screen that McKinnon takes for twenty five yards. Then all of a sudden, maybe that you start to see that shift. Um, I, I don't know. And even with the split, though, you got to look at it this way too. If you're flexing Jarek McKinnon, and it, and there's a split there, uh, a game a game split between the two, and they're taking turns on and off the field or whatever. That's still a lot better than than a lot of running backs that you're going to get at this stage in the game with only eight teams left to choose from. And, I mean, with McKinnon, I think the possibility is there more for him to catch passes than CEH to catch passes. And obviously, in a PPR format like DraftKings, uh, the catches count just as much as the 10-yard gain. So, if yep. I'm going to get more catches out of McKinnon, uh, and, and even more receiving yards. I mean, he had 81 receiving yards last week uh, against, and he was priced at 4300 last week against the Steelers. So, he was an absolute steal for his price as he came out with, uh, you know, a huge... 26 point performance against them so you're you know you could have that possibility of at least i don't know half of that which is still good value for for his price at 4800 um you know you're hoping for at least two to three times what what you're paying for him but um yeah i think there's some good value to be had if mckinnon now keep an eye on the reports right i mean ceh's recovery over the next couple of days in the practice reports are going to go a long way for this but um, I still think he's got some standalone value in and of himself. Yeah. So, 
Uh, all right, let's move on to Cam Akers, who you talked about earlier, Justin, coming out of absolutely nowhere to just uh, look. I think the just the sheer impressiveness of of him being able to come back from those Achilles uh, injury is going to be well documented. But how good did he actually look? And I was surprised that he got as much work as he did last week against the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm shocked. I was absolutely floored then. I'm still shocked now. <clears throat> like, not only that he got that much work, but he also was that effective. He was able to find holes against that. I mean, the Cardinals, their defense, while it's not as good as uh, as they may have looked at times throughout the season, they, they started to falter a little bit more towards the end. A lot of that was due to uh, not having DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. Their, uh, their field possession for that, that defense and, and the defense being out there a lot longer just kind of wore them down at the end of the season. So there's something to be said with that. Maybe Akers was going up against a really tired defense. Um, but... But, but, but yeah, absolutely floored. Super happy for the guy, though, to be able to make that kind of a comeback. He's going to go down with guys like Emmanuel Sanders that just make crazy, miraculous comebacks. But uh, I will say that the one thing that kind of uh, worries me, though, is that Tampa Bay uh, front seven. We talked about that a little bit earlier. If Akers is out there playing and it's a good close game, you got to believe that Sony Michelle is still going to be um, involved in the running game, um, at least at some level. And he, he was again this week, even just a little bit. So, uh, um, so there's just a lot of split there. But at fifty five hundred dollars, and and to be able to be able to have that, like I say all the time, when I'm playing any form of fantasy football, I don't care if it's DFS, Dynasty. Uh, best ball, whatever. Like, uh, if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put a guy on my roster, part a little at least a little part of that is I want to have fun watching my guy play, and this is a guy I can root for. And those of you that say that he's a scumbag because he was uh, he was taunting on that play on Buda Baker, you're crazy. Not. He, he didn't he did not know that he was hurt well, not that bad he had no idea that he was knocked out he yes he, they should have been taunting but he's not a horrible person like this trust me he's still my guy I'm still gonna have fun watching him play until he proves me otherwise and here's the thing too again at fifty five hundred dollars like you were talking about it, it, he's on the pricier side of it which means that a lot of people may end up shying away from him especially because of that Tampa Bay uh, running game too so this could be a situation yeah. where the the shine of last week may come off quickly because of the matchup and so you could actually gain an edge over the field if you put Cam Akers in there and he does manage to actually have some sort of uh, success against the Buccaneers because again last week he was just coming off of it right this was the first game back and he came out and performed the way he did if we expect Cam Akers to be the kind of guy that we expect him to be he's gonna have to put up good performances against good rushing defenses and this is probably going to be one of the bigger tests that he's going to have uh, coming into the game against Tampa Bay so uh, this could be a, a good pivot off of what everybody else will be doing if they fade Cam Akers uh, because of that so yeah I like it I do too I mean it's worth a shot right what <laughs> it's yeah. only it's only money in the end <laughs> The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise some money for charity along the way, too. About to get my Better Fantasy koozie for my drinks from them for winning this weekend. I'm pretty excited about that. Can't wait. It's totally free-to-play. Plus, you'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets better fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 states so download the app today over at betterfantasy.com slash sgpn that's betterfantasy.com slash sgpn I ask it every week. I still want to know the answer. When did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social, right? So when I picture betting, I'm, I'm still picturing the bootleggers with mustaches tossing around bets in a speakeasy. Well, SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io. You get to create an account. See for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app, which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via text, QR codes, and links, among other methods. No money 
is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. So the next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch as always. Go to SoBet.io. See who can hit the most ridiculous bets. You have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric you want as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGP and that's SoBet.io slash SGP and today and join the revolution. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. It is now live in the Google Play Store and the App Store, giving you easy access to all of our picks and our podcasts. And while you're at it, toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. I'm going to end with a couple of tight ends. I don't normally love to tout tight ends, but I feel like this week, all of a sudden, tight ends have become a thing. I mean, we already talked about Gronkowski. We talked a little bit about Dawson Knox, but let's let's flip over to a guy I find very intriguing, uh, but only because Tyler Higby seems to be getting some love from Matthew Stafford. And we talked about Matthew Stafford at the top of the show. This actually could be a very sneaky stack uh, of Matthew Stafford with Tyler Higby. Uh, over the last two weeks of the regular season, he had double-digit fantasy points in back-to-back weeks. Two touchdowns against the 49ers, who don't normally give up a lot of points to the tight end position. Um, but Higby seemed to be the go-to guy. And, uh, of course, last week in the, in the playoff game... And he didn't even need to be that involved, but he still caught three passes for 46 yards, which is impressive for a tight end. Um, And really, again, he comes in at only $4,000. So if we're talking value tight end and and not necessarily punting at the position, but sort of punting at the position, if if you want to call it that, Higby becomes intriguing uh, because I want to think that maybe, maybe he has a little bit of success against the Buccaneers. Am I crazy, Justin? For, uh, yeah, no, for DFS, absolutely not. So uh, quick little funny story. My son plays fantasy football because I raised him right. Um, <laughs> he's 16 years old, but he's in my home league. And um, and he had Tyler Higby all season long, all season long. Like he's he gets the receptions. He gets the yards. He, he plays really well. He has a few down games like a typical tight end will do. Altogether, three touchdowns on the season was pretty underwhelming. And then the season's over, and he goes out against San Francisco and scores two touchdowns. And I said, welcome to fantasy football, son. So, um, so yeah, that, that pain was there for season-long players. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, no, DFS, absolutely. Yeah, you, you have real, uh, real touchdown potential here. Uh, all season, and if you kind of look at the season-long aspect of it, you can, you can notice trends. And when a guy gets as many targets and as many receptions as a Tyler Higby does and he still doesn't get those touchdowns, that positive regression is going to hit eventually, and you hope it doesn't wait till next season. But we started to see that uh, in Week 18 um, against San Francisco with those two touchdowns on his eight targets. He only had four targets last week. I, I, I like to think that maybe that's part of the reason he didn't have the touchdown. But, uh, but yeah, that regression is finally starting to bounce back a little bit his way. So if you're playing the numbers and you're playing the odds, and if you're listening to this show, you probably do, um, you can expect that positive regression to hit back your way. Uh, it's On a gambling end, it's worth the bet. A little food for thought. Last time he uh, matched up against these, these Buccaneers, five catches on five targets, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Good for 15 points in the fantasy realm. You will take that from your tight end uh, anytime for especially the price that you're going to pay for him. And again, he's an intri- he's an intriguing play. And I feel like if you're going to uh, pay down at the position, that is a good place to pay down for. Uh, at least throw one or two Tyler Higby matchups out there and see what you get. Uh, alongside this next guy, not a very sexy name in the fantasy realm. And, and CJ Uzama I feel to me like people just sort of say who, um, but he goes out in week 19, drops 18 fantasy points, six catches, 64 yards and a touchdown. I mean, come on now that that's impressive. And that's worthy enough to pick, to, to sort of take notice of CJ Uzama. But my, my, my worry is, is this a flash in the pan or can we expect similar numbers? Maybe not fully those numbers, but at least similar numbers this week against the Titans. Yeah, I think traditionally speaking, if this were most any other week, this might be a, a pretty tempting uh, play for me. Um, this is a this is a divisional playoff round where we have Kelsey, Gronk, Kittle, 
um, Dawson Knox, who's coming on. And yet here we are talking about Higby and Uzama, who could be good plays. Like, like you said, like this is a tight end heavy week and you can go a lot of different directions. And I think because of the fact that I could go a lot of different directions, I might avoid Uzoma, but mostly just because I was on Uzoma at the start of the season and he simply disappointed me most weeks. And, and I felt like I was, I was chasing points with him a lot this season where um, he would have a big game and I would start him for a couple of weeks and he wouldn't do anything for me. And then just when I would bench him, he'd come up and, and play big and, and have a great game. And I, I was constantly chasing points with them. So it, it kind of scares me from that aspect. Are we chasing points with that touchdown? But then again, earlier in the show, I did mention when I was talking about my Tyler Boyd pick, if I don't have one of those receiving options, he is still a receiving option for that pass-happy offense. Um, so I don't, I don't hate the pick by any means, and I absolutely love the value at 3,400. So if you're playing down your tight end and uh, – um, and, and you're going to go cheap at tight end to, to go big somewhere else. I definitely don't hate the pick. I just don't know that I absolutely love it either. You're not going to feel good about it. I mean, this matter of you're never going to feel good about putting CJ Uzama in your in your rosters. But you got to think it too. The the targets are there. He had six targets against the Chargers, six targets against the Niners, uh, four in Denver, uh, whatever. But seven came back with seven against Baltimore, six against Kansas City, six last week in the playoff game. He's getting looked at, and and really, again, it's just a matter of uh, targets equaling uh, fantasy production potential. So, again, if you're going to go low, just like you said, Justin, if you're going to go low at this position, this is probably the lowest you can go and feel good about it. 3,400 is the lowest. After that, you get guys like Frisker, uh, Swaim, Cameron Brait, if you're really going to take a punt at that for $2,700, <laughs> right? CJ Uzama is probably the floor at which you can take a tight end and feel like you can get some sort of production out of it. Yeah, he still he, he still has the touchdown potential. Yeah, again, you're not going to feel good about it, but $3,400 is going to unlock a lot of high-priced plays, which there are on this slate, right? I mean, this is a... When you start to getting into the, into the divisional playoff rounds and the conference playoffs rounds, these guys are high-priced, and for good reason. So, yeah, you got to find your value somewhere. But... Uh, all right, so Justin, we have reached the end. Uh, that was a that was a ten. That went by quite quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It, hey, and time sure flies when you're when you're uh, you're having fun and you're you're geeking out on uh, on what you love to do. So uh, um, I, I argue with my wife all the time about uh, about the level of geekness here. But uh, uh, but my fantasy football group, my Toilets to Titles clan, have put together a uh, Dungeons to Dragons or Dungeons and Dragons um, uh, a group as well, where we're all going to be playing in a and uh, d game. I've never done that before, so I've taken my geekdom to a whole nother level. Um, so now I, I officially have given in, and my wife wins. I'm I'm a total nerd. <laughs> I'll take it now. Look, if you start making your characters after football players, that my friend is true fantasy football. Wow, I never even thought of that. I tell you what, the guy I came up with though is a Goliath, so. I could I could easily say that he's some like massive defensive end or a, or a left tackle that's going to protect the protect the sorcerer behind him. He's Joey Bosa. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. He's Joey Bosa. Yeah, he's a man's man. Or Aaron Donald, whatever. But uh, all right. So yeah. listen, take a second to talk about your toilet titles and uh, let us know where they can find everybody can find that and you all over the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So Toilets of Titles is actually just a, a network of uh, fantasy football shows. We have uh, we have several shows that drop every week all throughout the season and throughout the offseason. During the regular season, we were putting out eight shows a week. Um, during the offseason, we're, uh, we're dialing it back a little bit. I think we're, we're going to be averaging somewhere between five to seven shows per week. Um, but but we have shows that are designated just for uh, Dynasty. We got our Dynasty Down Under guys um, with, uh, with Matt and Ben and, uh, and, and Mark Bull down in Australia. Um, it's, uh, it's the Toilets of Titles Down Under Dynasty show. They're going to be playing all offseason. Uh, Joe Knows is going to be capping off our, um, uh, our draft, um, NFL draft information. We've got... Uh, we got several shows, man. I, I, I really don't even want to list them all because I'm afraid I'm going to forget some. But our main show is on Tuesday nights. We go live with the main show just because we like to have fun with it. And it's 
uh, 8.30 p.m. It's not always necessarily kid-friendly, but it's usually not that bad. Um, but uh, but just be ready for it. I dialed it back a little for this show just because I didn't know your audience too well. But uh, <laughs> you can also check us out, toylistentitles.com. Um, and uh, uh, we do have a Patreon. I'm not going to throw that out to your guests because your guests need to be um, sending their money to you for sure. And then, uh, um, yeah, like toylistentitles.com, at toylistentitles. Pretty much anywhere, like we have a lot of formats and any format, if you just Google toilets and titles, you would be shocked at how that name was available anywhere. So <laughs> so we were able to get toilets and titles on just about any format that you can listen to us. And you can find me personally at Justin FF underscore. I love to give start and sit advice more than anything. That's my big thing. So on Sunday mornings, we have the blitz during in season. Um, and, uh, and, and I was, I was real big on that, but, uh, obviously that's not going on now. So I've decided I'm going to try to, to be a guest on some shows and get the word out about our show. So I appreciate you letting me take the time for that. Absolutely. And we appreciate you joining us uh, again, a lot of good stuff that you were uh, dishing out there and, and hopefully it helps some folks take home some money this weekend and uh look i'm just saying guys get involved also uh if you're out there listening and i know this isn't necessarily a betting show per se but hey listen WinBet has got some great parlays i think you should take advantage of them i hit one up like i said in the ad read uh it was pretty fun i, I put one together just before the first half ended of the cardinals and the rams game uh before the odds locked it was a nice little parlay plus 250 um and i took the the rams to go up minus eight and uh, and them to score at least 14 and a half points before the end of the half. And they did that. And that was a, a tidy little payday. So uh, I love it. It was great. You guys should get involved uh, and have some fun with it. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, you can find this show on the SGPN app anywhere where you find your favorite podcast. Of course, you know you're listening. But tell your friends, of course, download that SGPN app and make sure you are keeping up with all of the shows on the network and our picks and our articles and go to the website sportsgamblingpodcast.com for all of the fun of fantasy football we'll be back on tuesday after what is going to be a busy weekend in the nfl uh but we'll be back with more of course as always on the sgp and fantasy football podcast find me on twitter at rj Gomez. find the sgp and fantasy channel at sgp and fantasy and of course until next week let it ride